What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Dime. As always, I've got my right-hand man, Kellen Finney, here with me. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Jason Malcolm, Principal of Arcview Management Consulting. Jason, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Was there a single moment you realized, I'm going to go for cannabis? I feel like in everyone's journey, they're always wavering these decisions. And like you said, and then there has to be some defining moment that says, I think it's cannabis. And so I'm born and raised in Staten Island. I defected to New Jersey and uh, I've been in the same spot since then. But I remember talking to my friends in high school about cannabis legalization. I kid you not. Like there was a like, one day this is going to happen. And I'm like, I don't, I don't really know if that's going to happen. And I was like, but sure, why not? Let's say throughout my career, I said to myself, you know, I never really saw myself hanging my, my hat up in financial services. So I always said to myself, I, had, I need to look for the next best thing. What would the next best thing look like? Take us through kind of like what a day in the life is like for you and the type of projects and the type of conversations you're having with clients in the space. There's no common theme, I guess, what I'm about to dive into. Uh, all of our clients have really interesting ideas. And a lot of them share some similarities and a lot of don't. But what we're seeing a lot of today is obviously right now, I'll start off with the licensing strategy in competitive markets. Right? New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, these are all new markets. These are big, big markets. It's the tri-state, let's face it. Right? New Jersey's making great progress. They're full steam ahead. I think they're coming out or with the finalizing their rules pretty soon. Right? New York, uh, on the other hand, not as put together as New Jersey at the moment, but we do see some a light at the end of the tunnel there as well. And Connecticut, which is something fairly new. We've seen a lot of interest for our clients operating in one of the three markets or possibly two out of the three markets, we are seeing a great deal of interest in existing operators and expanding their footprint within the country to multiple states. So a lot of what we're dealing with right now is assessing which states make the most sense for their products and what makes the most sense for them for like a three to five year roadmap. I have a question for Jason. How similar are the license structures in Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York? Yeah, so they're all very different. New York being the most different one out of, out of the three. So New York, if you, have a, if you apply for a cultivation license, you can also apply for a processing and distribution license. And that processing and distribution center could be multiple locations. It doesn't have to be the same location, but you are able to be vertically integrated from that perspective. There's also a micro business that you could apply for, which gives you, you know, limited canopy space on cultivation, processing, dispensary, and uh, retailing or dispensing of your own products. There's a cooperative license that operates a little very similar, but a little different. So you can vertically integrate in New York. The only thing is if you own a retail, if you apply for a retail license, right, you can't have any other interests in, I think, cultivation, dispense, uh, distribution, and uh, processing. However, in New Jersey, rules are coming out in a couple of days now. I believe they are restricting vertical integration for the first 18 months. And Connecticut, it's very similar. I don't think there's vertical integration that's going to be allowed. It is permitted under the medical marijuana program in Connecticut, but for the adult use program, uh, as of right now, it's prohibited. So when operators come to you in the space, obviously you have to do some due diligence first and kind of get the pulse of the room. Are they experienced? Do they have deep pockets, right? If a group comes to you and says, Jason, we're going for New York, you're going to have to kind of assess them and be like, hey guys, like I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but maybe we should take a couple miles to the left and go to this state or this state. So how do you kind of take that conversation and then kind of provide them, you know, strategic feedback on helping them best position to succeed? It's a tough conversation to have because 
you kind of just tell them a lot of bad news up front, right? And you you have to be obviously very transparent with the clients and, and you kind of talk to them about, I think you have a great idea that you want to open up a, a retail operation in Brooklyn, New York. That's fantastic. But, you know, what we tell our clients that you have about a million to a million five in capital sitting on the sidelines ready to be deployed because the states don't want to see some significant amount of capital on the application. And then you have the location side of things, right? So it's like you have to, you have to confirm a location and locations in New York are not cheap. And then to, to Kellen's point, I mean, these applications, I don't know if New York's are limit the exhibits, the amount of pages per exhibit, uh, like some other states did, but you know, you're looking at hundreds of pages that you're going to be submitting and the consultants that you want to have on staff to help you if you do want that, as well as putting together a couple hundred K for the licensing fee, whatever the license fee is going to be in New York, right? In medical, I think there was like 200 and change. So if you don't have access to capital, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to to operate in this business. And that's kind of where I start my conversation, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's very straightforward and to the point. And it gives everyone a really nice overview, whether it's negative or positive, of what they're about to get themselves into. Consultancy, sure, has some sort of bad stigma sometimes attached to it. But at the end of the day, the type of resource and the value that your firm, firm brings to the table is almost unparalleled to the type of need that exists between these operations and these, these challenges. Yeah, I completely agree. It's important to have someone to help you, one, craft that story and know what these state representatives are looking for because we've done it before in other states. And two, you want somebody to really have their eyes and ears to the ground to adjust and amend for any type of last-minute changes, which does happen, let's face it, right? It always happens within each one of these states. So. That's, those are definitely some of the benefits. I think the big question here is, will this operate or function the same way when the Fed legalizes cannabis? Would it be as complex? Would it be easier? I don't know the question to that. And, and it's funny, it's, it's, it's interesting. Whatever, what happens to 280E? Does that still exist if the Fed legalizes cannabis at the national level? I think it's miss out a lot of tax dollars. I so how would they replicate that? They'll find a very different so. way. I think they like their money. And, and I, I think it does get removed. Obviously, I would want to consult with someone as a professional. But I think no. it does get removed because I think it was based on... I think uh, Neil was telling us how it was based on a ridiculous story of how a drug dealer kind of was writing off his business expenses. And they were like, okay, you win this time, but no one else is going to win. <laughs> right. With yeah. Cuomo out, I'm going to butcher her name. Kathy Holchel is in. Is that good for New York? Obviously, we're kind of not doing so well right now. I don't want to speak ill will about my home state, but we're not doing so great. New Jersey's chugging along. They're getting things through. They're they're looking at early 2022. And for New York, I mean, I don't even know how, how far we've gotten. Well, we have to appoint someone to 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 lead the program. That's that's the starting point, right? That's the bottleneck. There, there was a favorite in mind, but he no longer seems to be the front runner. I think it was very clear that Governor Cuomo's priority was not cannabis. If New Jersey comes online, let's say early 2022, and New yep. York is still just playing in the mud. And I wonder when and how fast they move, because I think as soon as New Jersey announces a date. It's no longer an, an if, it's a really fast clap. So you think that'll help make New York get their stuff together? Probably. I mean, I was kind of hoping that the markets, New York and New Jersey, kind of go online together to avoid that, right? It's really important that the markets are so close to each other and with such easy access, right? Uh, it's really important to 
not over-enforce, not over-tax one over the other, kind of have a standardized format so that you're really not competing, right? It's kind of more about convenience more than price. Sure. And obviously, that's not the case. People are already driving to Great Barrington in Massachusetts from New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut to acquire, to purchase a tested, regulated product from a state so they could feel safe in consuming for whatever reason to have more to consume. So I think New Jersey is going to have a nice big pop. The biggest misconception since you've yeah. been in the cannabis space? As you talk to a lot of your clients or prospects for that matter, and they really share with you some of the burdens and some of the challenges that I, I did not expect that side of the story. A lot of operators open and close within 12 months because they just can't, they don't have the means to capital and to burn over the first six to nine months of operations. That's really well said. You could sum up your experience into a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass onto the next generation. What would that be? If you're passionate about something and you see that there is a momentum and traction forward, then I, you know, I would just stay the course and keep your head down and continue with your original business plan. And you know, I think if there's a passion for something, I think if someone feels strongly about something, you know, I think you should explore it. I think you should move forward and give it your best shot to succeed. New Jersey, just going to give a, a fake date, yeah. is, is set to legalize and adult rec can start, let's say, January 1st, 2022. How soon after New Jersey comes online does New York? By earliest end of Q. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey, everyone. It's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye. Yeah.